Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to USA Global TV and radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck, and our show today is Loving Longevity. And who doesn't want to live longer, live well, be happy? I think we all do. Joining me for this show was her brilliant idea is Annie Bush. Let's welcome her and hear what she's been up to. Hi, Annie. Annie. Hi there. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening to everyone and welcome or welcome back. Yes, very well said. We are having new people join us all the time. We just started on a new radio channel, Tune In Radio, I think two days ago. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Annie, I would love for you to share with our audience about why you're passionate about longevity and why you look so gosh darn good. Oh, well, thank you very much. Well, actually, I'm celebrating an anniversary that I will get to in a moment. But for those of you that are just new to Loving Longevity, again, my name is Annie Bush. I've been in the health and wellness industry oh, for over 10 years now. I started out as a personal trainer, health coach. Uh, I'm a certified brain health coach under both Dr. Daniel Amen and under Dr. Del Bredesen. You know, working with folks um, suffering from everything from ADD to ADHD to cognitive decline and Alzheimer's. And what I've now kind of morphed into is this longevity umbrella. And I am now a holistic longevity strategist. And what that means is just taking the all of you um, and all of your cells and getting you to optimal health today to keep you in optimal health for all of your tomorrows. And part of that includes activating your own stem cells. And what are stem cells? Well, they're part of your body that rushes to whatever area that needs repaired. So think of it when you're a child and you scraped a knee, it was the stem cells that would rush to that scraped knee to create new skin. So that's what the stem cells do. They create new cells, whether it's a kidney, a liver, um, a leaky gut or a new brain cells, their stem cells will go there to do the repair, which sounds great, except your number of stem cells reduce as you get older and they're not as effective. They don't have as much speed to get to that damaged area as they used to. So what do we do? Well, David Schmidt with the LifeWave company, he's the CEO and creator of this very unassuming little patch, this wearable tech that will actually stimulate your own stem cells. And the research shows that when you wear this, this patch for six months, that you will reverse your cellular age by eight years. And I'm happy to announce that three days from now, I will be celebrating my six month anniversary, which means my cellular age has now been reversed by eight years. My cells are eight years younger. And if that's not, we're not talking longevity there. I don't know what is, but it does. There were, you know, so we're not just talking about your skin and looking younger, but we're actually talking about you 
being younger at that cellular level. And for, you know, folks that are suffering from cognitive decline, that actually means generating new brain cells, specifically in the hippocampus, which is the area of the body, which generates, you know, that long-term memory. So that's really important. So this little patch, very unassuming. For those of you in radio land, I'm holding it up, but we're going to, we're talking about an inch in diameter circle that looks like a Band-Aid. And in the center of that Band-Aid is a crystal matrix where when the body heat from your skin hits the crystal matrix, it creates a light wave similar to the sun when it hits your skin. And when that light wave goes into your body, it activates your stem cells, just like when you're outside and the way a certain wavelength from the sun, when it hits your skin, your skin starts this biochemical process that creates vitamin D. It's the same premise. It's the same energy. It's the same science that your skin can do these biochemical responses. So that's what the, the it's called X39 is the name of the patch which creates the stem cells. There are actually another patch that's called X49 that stimulates the stem cells in muscle so that you could actually preserve and grow more muscle, which is really important, Dr. Jacqueline, as we get older too. Absolutely, Annie. Thank you so much for sharing that. I want to segue to another topic. We have a fabulous guest who is not here yet, but we just spoke to her. She'll be here shortly. How does food, how do our food choices impact our longevity? Oh my gosh. Um, so I will then segue into the other aspect of longevity that I'm really diving into, and that's genetics. Your DNA, when you were born, you were divinely created with a blueprint that basically is your, uh, it's how you were designed. And the foods that we eat, affect our genes. So let me explain. I am a genetic um, consultant with 3X4 Genetics. And when we do your genetics, which is your blueprint, we can determine what foods you, you were designed to eat and what foods you were designed to not eat. And then what exercises you were designed to do, how much sleep you need, how much caffeine you can tolerate. So when we're going to get back to the food, when I did my DNA, this is a perfect example, I had been eating a ketogenic diet, okay, um, with animal-based saturated fats. When I've got my DNA back, the one thing my body was not designed to eat is animal-based saturated fats. Now, I had been experiencing di some digestive discomfort that I just chalked up to the fact that I wasn't making enough enzymes to break down the protein. When I get my DNA back, it says, no, you just weren't designed to eat animal saturated fats. So that's one of those things that I was eating something my body was responding in an inflammatory manner. And anytime your body responds with inflammation, that accelerates aging. So when we're looking at foods, we are going to look at anti-inflammatory foods as a category that will extend our longevity rather than accelerate aging. And you know, some of this is common sense. You know, sugar, artificial sweeteners, 
gluten. Oh my gosh, don't get me started on gluten. Um, <laughs> you know, excessive alcohol, dehydrating yourself, not keeping yourself hydrated sufficiently. All of these things, all these foods, especially processed foods, and you know, your grains with glyphosate and those uh, preservatives, they will accelerate your aging because they're going to increase your inflammation because your body was not designed to process those foods. And so the more that we respect the way our bodies were designed, and everybody keeps saying, well, our bodies were designed to adapt to a certain extent. But when your body starts sending up signals, especially in your digestive tract or skin rashes, or migraines, or headaches, or, you know, just basically, you know, aches and pains, that's your body's telling you, hey, what you just ate or drank or exposed yourself to, I was not designed to process, and now it's creating an inflammatory response. Well done, Annie. Thank you so much for sharing that. Great information. And we all have done that, right? We eat something. It's not sitting well with us. It's like, why did I just eat that? How many that? Why did I just eat that? I know it's going to make me sick, but I ate it anyway. So, well, let's... you know, yeah, for me, I always thought I just wasn't making enough enzymes. So I just thought, oh, I'll just take a supplement, right? It's the Band-Aid that I was putting on the situation. As we know with Band-Aids, we need to rip them off. <laughs> so our guest is actually here. I'm super excited because I haven't seen her for a while. She was actually introduced to me by one of our expert correspondents on the United Kingdom News and Culture, and his name is Simon McDonald. And he said, yeah, I've got a friend of mine. She's a chef. We're going to have her on the show. And that's pretty much how he introduced her. And I was looking at her media account. I was like, what? <laughs> this woman is like, is a rock star. She's, she's amazing. So she's an award-winning chef. She's an author. She's an educator. She's a TV presenter. She's had her own radio show. When it comes to food, she is the consummate expert. Let's welcome Sally James to the program. Hi, Sally. Hey, hello. <laughs> Hi, Annie. Hi, Jane. Hi, Sally. Lovely introduction. So nice to see you. Are you uh, in Washington State or are you somewhere else now? Yeah, well, I'm actually, let me see if I can turn this to um, give you a, you can see out there. I'm in um, actually at the Canyon River Lodge, um, Canyon River Ranch in the Yakima Canyon, um, where I've been up helping out a, a restaurant. In fact, I was running late for the show because I was um, busy whipping cream. <laughs> Now that's that's a good good story. I love that you're whipping cream. It's fabulous. You could have so, brought us some. I know. Although, <laughs> Sally, we were just chatting before you got here. Annie, I'd asked her about longevity and our food choices, and I know this is an area of expertise that you have. Before we dive right into that, I'd love for you to give our viewers and our listeners a little bit of background. You have accomplished so much in your life, and you are no stranger to television, to radio, to being in front of incredible groups at major venues across the world. So tell us how your journey started into this field well um i think it really started um with my mother and and not the usual mother story um she was an absolute terrible cook and she hated cooking and i was a young rebel so i thought well if she doesn't like it i probably will like it and but i i was kind of 
drawn to food at a very long age. I just love playing with it. And right from the one good thing mum did was she planted a lot of vegetables, which, you know, really gives you, you know, a true sense of where your food comes from. And, you know, as a child, I'd sit in the garden and steal the peas out of the pod, then hide the pod so mum wouldn't know I'd eaten the peas out of the garden. But um, I I actually um, left home at 16 and decided to put myself through culinary school you know I really don't know why I did that but anyway going back and um but I found the more I studied food and particularly um food technology food science um and I just became fascinated with um the reactions that happen in food and how food impacts our bodies and so I went on from there to study naturopathy nutritional naturopathy and particular and botanic medicine and um, I just became fascinated by the way our diets were changing to be supposedly healthier but to me it looked like this isn't right there's something drastically wrong here like you know um, people were margarine was suddenly the new best thing because it you know supposedly was lower in saturated fat than butter and yet you know, you look at all the communities around the world that have the the greatest longevity and they weren't doing any manufactured foods. They were just eating real food. And so, you know, that sort of started my path. I um, had various jobs where, I, for example, I worked with the Institute of Sport in Australia with our Olympic athletes, helping to refine their diets to improve their eating patterns. And I mean, that was challenging because they um, have such restrictive diets, like the gymnasts particularly, and um, just to get them to eat real food was an incredible difficulty. Um, and then, you know, and then sort of it, my, my career just evolved, you know, working for the Heart Foundation and helping find foods that people love to eat because the last thing you want to do is put someone on a crazy diet where they don't enjoy the food because it's not going to stick. And... Um, and then I, you know, and then I went freelance after that and wrote more cookbooks, mainly either focused on diabetes or heart. And, you know, it just became, I, I did a lot of lectures at um, the Disney food and wine shows, and it was just the greatest joy being able to empower people to discover their inner cook. And, you know, and just my main direction was getting people away from relying on processed food and pre-made food and trust themselves in the kitchen and bring more colour. And Because um, when you bring colour, you know, you bring more fruits and vegetables, you bring more nutrients, antioxidants, all that kind of thing. And and um, then, you know, I, I wrote cookbooks and it just kind of evolved from there to not me whipping cream. <laughs> <laughs> what a great story. I love it. <laughs> Well, you know, well, cream, though, is a good, healthy fat. Yeah, so, absolutely. So there you go. There you go. So it sounds like your journey, um, you know, we had talked about focusing on foods that will will not accelerate the aging process. And we talked a little bit on air before um, you joined us about sugar and artificial sweeteners and mm. and gluten and glyphosate. So if you could touch on those. Yeah, look, I've, I've um, gosh, Forever, all, ever I can remember, I've just been an advocate against artificial sweetness. I mean, on so many levels, um, you know, there's so much research out there. 
you know, both medical and both, you know, um, the, you know, the more natural kind of research that shows that, I mean, they can cause cancer there. But my biggest fault with them is, is that they give people a full sense of security. They usually make whatever they're sweetening a lot sweeter than if they just put a little bit of sugar in it. And so one, they're changing people's taste buds to crave sweeter food and they're making people drink or consume more of the food that has these sweeteners in it than if they were just having a can that had a, you know, a sugar. Not that I advocate for sodas anyway, but, you know, I just think it'd be so much healthier if people just had a small amount of sugar to, you know, fill that need. Um, because it, it all goes towards all this binge drinking. Um, gluten is a really interesting one, um, I actually really love gluten. <laughs> I, love, I love my bread, but you've got to be really careful about what sauce you choose. I have a, a friend who is a French pastry chef, mm-hmm. and he has a lot of trouble eating bread and, you know, basically any wheat products in the States. He goes home to France and he has no problem at all. And I think, you know, in all the genetic modification, the hybrids and all the different varieties of of wheat and the way we've processed it it's caused a disruption in the you know the chain of nutrients within wheat and other foods containing gluten um and you know also and i think you have to look at the kind of foods that gluten carries it's not just the gluten um you know i I think it's the kind of food that we eat when we have when we have gluten-rich foods too, that's a part of it. But, you know, I, I I kind of encourage people just to go for whole grains, to eat things like farro, to alternate their grains. So, you know, they use quinoa and buckwheat and rye and, you know, a, a nice mixture. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not one of these people that, says, that say give up gluten, but some people absolutely need to you know I can't eat garlic and that's it kills me because I I love garlic but it causes a pretty nasty reaction so I think you know it's one of those things we've all got to find our own you know our own path on certain nutrients you know some people have a real problem with dairy foods and um you know you know in a way that was the one thing about a lot of the study I did on on nutrients and naturopathy was um there were too many people that were going out giving advice based on what they'd personally experienced. And you can't, you just can't do that. You know, it, we've each got to find our own, you know, our own nutrient levels. Um, you know, for me, it's eating about 90% of my diet is growing in the ground. And um, that, that tends to be what gives me the most energy, makes me feel the best when I wake up in the morning. And um, it's funny, you just, you made me think when I, I was listening to you, Annie and, and, I, I was like, oh, I've got to go grab a glass of water because that's the one I always forget is to stay well hydrated. And that's, you know, that's just so important. I I love what you're sharing. I would like to know in your role as a celebrity chef, how has that changed in terms of the of people's preferences for what they're eating? So if you think about it, sugar, butter, gluten, all these things that uh, we used to eat. I'm not saying everyone, but I know I used to eat a lot of it and I don't. And there's so many fun things you can make with them. So how has that evolution changed in what you're whipping up today from things that are in the ground? Um, You know, for me, I've almost seen a circle. Like, you know, when I was really young, um, 
everything was homemade. You hardly ever went out and bought store-bought cakes or cookies or um, that kind of thing. And, you know, they, they were pretty basic. They used butter and sugar and, and flour, and but they were different butter, sugar and flour. And, mm-hmm. and then people, you know, th- there was this sort of this, um, I call it sort of a faux health craze where people thought, you know, and, and a lot of the, the heart associations and other um, groups said, no, we've got to cut all those out of our diet. And so then all these fake foods started to evolve like mm-hmm. margarine. And I mean, I just think just throw that stuff away it's I mean if you saw the process margarine goes through to be made and it's you know it's full of trans fats which you know now the doctors are coming around to saying no this is not a good thing to have in your diet and we were saying that back in 83 when I was studying naturopathy Mm -hmm. it took that long for it to get to the medical system but um so you know there were and then now there's these you know impossible burgers and meats that are being created for people that don't want to eat meat and for me I say if you don't want to eat meat just don't eat meat Mm -hmm. um you know don't try and create something in a lab using genetically modified ingredients to Mm -hmm. mimic meat you know it just to me you know all this that's how the cycle's gone for me it's people have given up um the basic food groups you know the five food groups we all used to learn about at school and you know, and gone, done the easy approach, gone towards more fake foods. But when, you know, you're talking now, and I I do see more of a a resurgence of going back to the land, going back to more natural, bringing food back to a community level Mm -hmm. and a certain level of that. But, you know, it's, to me, there's, there's that little battle going on of, you know, fake and, let's try and replicate that with something in a lab and and yet people that are saying no let's go plant our own vegetable garden and let's you know eat more of that and you know it let's eat more seafood because i think seafood is you know one of the one most wonderful things we could be doing for our bodies you know the omega 3s and the nutrients mm-hmm. and the calcium and you know as long as they're choosing it from sustainable sources um and you know clean waters and all that kind of thing so um you know, it's been interesting working in a restaurant where um, I'm helping out a friend and it's his restaurant, so I have to follow his rules. And I'm going, oh, no, don't make me, don't, please don't make me make that. <laughs> you know, I'm going, I don't want to feed that to someone. That's, but, you know, I've got to look at it in its perspective as this is going out to eat and that's okay. Hopefully they won't be doing that, you know, every day of the week. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, I, I, it's, a, it's a very difficult life for a chef right now because, every, you know, if you're not vegan, you can't eat gluten or you can't eat dairy or you're vegetarian. And chefs have to have a really good nutritional knowledge and a lot of them don't. And, um, you know, and they're, you know, it's, it's very difficult um, for them to be able to meet all the needs, particularly when it's just landed on their lap with a person that's eating right now. And, you know, there's so many people involved in the process of getting food to the plate, to the diner, that who knows if there was flour on the board when someone was chopping something or there was some cross-contamination. And, you know, Mm -hmm. me, to your listeners, I would say if you do have a food intolerance or an allergy, please let the chef know before you arrive at the restaurant. You know, give them give them warning when you make your reservations so, you know, they can take proper care of you. 
because it's it is it's very difficult and you know uh, people want to be healthier these days you know covid has really given us a greater awareness of our health and we're cooking for ourselves a lot more and and i think this could push us in a really good direction if um you know and and you know for people that don't want to do that much cooking there are fabulous places like blue apron and that will deliver all the you know from scratch ingredients and give you the recipe and whatever to make it so you know i i see that as quite a positive trend thank you for sharing that sally i just wanted to comment i have a severe food allergy i'm allergic to airborne shellfish and when i used to go out to eat all the time four five six nights a week before the pandemic and it got to be to the point where i felt so bad for the chefs, I would just keep going to the same place over and over again because they knew how to take care of me. But mm -hmm. when you are that person who has the food allergies and the chefs, they have these beautiful courses that they're preparing and they see you and it's like, oh, she can't have nuts. She can't have, she, it's kind of like stay home sister. So <laughs> so with garlic, I mean, garlic, it's salt, salt, pepper and garlic in this country. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to avoid. I actually went on a cruise with a girlfriend of mine. It's the only cruise I ever went on, but she was severely allergic to garlic. So we had to pick what restaurant in the whole cruise ship we were going to eat at. And yeah. we had to go down before the meal, just like you mm -hmm. said, to let them know ahead of time, because yeah. the last thing we needed to have on a cruise ship was her reacting to the garlic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, we were just on vacation and... I went to, we were at the beach and so I'm ordering as healthy as I can, right? Ask for a gluten-free menu. I have a beautiful piece of Mai Mai and broccoli with nothing on it. I said, can I have some olive oil? Cause I was just going to drizzle the olive. This restaurant did not have olive oil. I'm like, oh. that's pretty sad. <laughs> uh, you know, there's quite a few of those these days. Oh, we have um, the blend. Okay. <laughs> 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 Sally, I thought your comment was so interesting. I'd love to have Annie weigh in on it as well. When you were talking about your friend, the pastry chef, who has issues with with gluten in this country, but not mm -hmm. in France. So can right. both of you speak to that? Well, I could say I can start because I worked with someone who um had a clinic in the UK for the longest time. And he was the one explained to me the difference between our flour and flour over in France. Ours, you know, and even if you get health experts together here, there is the gluten versus glyphosate argument. Is it the gluten that people are reacting to or the glyphosate? You take a person that reacts severely in the United States and you take them over to the UK or France, they have no problem with the flour. Mm. So I don't know, it, Sally, is it lower in gluten or is it just, cleaner you know i i think it's been played with less i think okay. it's been altered less and i you know our bodies were created in nature you know as you know one big whole and i think once we start to play with nature it's my it's my biggest argument against genetically modified foods is our, our bodies you know then you've got to start genetically modifying our bodies to be able to process them because you know our whole biochemical pathway was created to eat what is in nature in its raw unadulterated form so once we start playing with that it's going to give out you know all those passages where it's got to be digested and processed 
it makes it work harder. It sometimes they don't. So they end up as these foreign substances in our body. And I think so the less anything is played with, the better. And I think wheat mm-hmm. is a huge culprit of that because people are trying to find ways to to modify the crops so it grows and you know pests won't come or it produces quicker. And you know, the mm-hmm. same as with, you know, when they're grain feeding beef to make, you know, make it bigger and fatter and grow quicker. You know, I think it, it it's a less healthy product for our body to be able to process. And you know, I know I know in I have some friends that have a bakery and he has made it a mission to find a farmer that will grow wheat, a heritage grain wheat that, you know, was grown like 50 years ago and hasn't been touched at all. And that's all he uses. And I know quite a few people that can only eat their bread. And um they, you know, and they that doesn't cause them any problem at all. So, you know, I can't, it's not scientifically proven, but to me that makes perfect sense. And, you know, that that's what I'd be thinking is, is really the main cause is the amount of processing and, you know, altering the structure of the, you know, the wheat itself. Right, right. And, you know, and then the toxins that are in the air, they get absorbed in the soil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, soil, soil health is another one. We don't, we, you know, in this world of the, the whole, the monoculture where we've got, you know, a whole state that just grows, you know, potatoes or wheat and there's no, there's no replication. There's no, um, you know, turning and, and rotating crops and feeding back into the soil, what you take out of it with one crop, um, you know, crop rotation is one of the healthiest things you can do. Up in Washington here, there's a wonderful family called um, Royal Family Ranch, but they um, their whole process is they have um, rotation crops that they feed their cattle, you know, whether it's, um, you know, um, planting rye and then alternating it with soy then, but they basically they've, you know, they've got a nutritionist on board that researches which grasses take what out of the soil and what they're rich in and what that's giving the cattle and then rotate them so the soil is continually getting enriched you know while while it's it's you know growing a particular crop and um you know i think you know it's probably the way that things happened you know way back in history before you know we started wanting to have so much food so readily available and um you know unperishable and all that kind of thing so um you know, I, I think there's there's something to be said for, you know, trying to get us back to smaller farms and buying from smaller farms, supporting farmers' markets and, and the like. But it's it's a long process. I mean, Chile, for example, I really applaud the government there. They've, um, they subsidise small farmers to try and prevent small farmers being bought out by large corporations that just want to take a big block of land and just plant one crop. So, you know, that, that's a really healthy direction to go in. So it, it sounds like it might be a wise idea if we are cooking at home and we have a farmer's market near us to just go there each day or go for one day and pick up enough stuff for three days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a true European shopper. I, I, I shop for what I will most in most cases when it's possible. I, I basically shop every day. You know, I like to be inspired by what I see and what's, you know, local as much as possible. And I have to say wine, wine would be an exception because I love European wine. 
and Australian wine. So I'm I'm not a good local girl when it comes to wine. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to share. I'm in New Jersey, which is the Garden State. Ooh, lots of farms here. Yeah, grew, yeah, and I and I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I remember my grandparents. I mean, their garden was huge. As a kid, I grew up eating out of a garden. You know, yeah, it's, it's wonderful to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, up here in the Yakima Valley, the Yakima Valley is is hugely um, uh, prolific in the amount of crops they grow here from asparagus, probably the best cherries in the whole United States. Mm. And it's it's a real basket of goodies up here. It, it supplies a lot of the U.S. Well, speaking of goodies, what, what kind of foods would you recommend? And, you know, we talk about, you know, anti-aging foods, but really it's those foods that, reduce our inflammation so that we're not creating that disease state in our bodies like what types of foods would you recommend um well i you know i'm a huge advocate of every every color with every meal because i think um when you get more color in your food i mean color brings nutrients you look at red and the lycopenes and um the yellow and the carotenes and and they all perform a different role and many of them um, particularly, you know, in the red and yellow fruits, they are natural anti-inflammatories and, you know, and greens, rich leafy greens, again, are, you know, wonderful for bringing down inflammation. You know, turmeric, for example, is one of my favourite things if I'm feeling like, you know, if I've been to a few events and, um, you know, wine tastings and the like, and I think, oh, gee, you know, I'll, I'll boil up some carrots and turmeric and, um, you know, make myself a nice broth and, it, you know, that they're wonderful anti-inflammatory foods. But, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a kind of a person that has a, a superfood that I, I like to recommend, but I, you know, berries, for example, or other foods that, you know, I think are, are really healthy for increasing our longevity. And, you know, as, as much as I, you know, am advocate for local, I think um, papaya and the enzymes in that and pineapple, um, are, are really, you know, all wonderful. But, I, you know, I, I don't think we all need to eat them all at once, but just to be aware of the seasons, to eat in season and to really to, to start our meals not with thinking what's the protein going to be and what will I have with it, but to think what are, what are the fruits and vegetables that are here and looking great right now and start with that and make that the basis of your meal and then you know plonk any old protein onto it you know whether it's tofu or whether it's you know a nice um piece of fish or you know whatever you like but i, I think changing that balance around because i think americans eat way too much protein and protein mm -hmm. is quite an um it's quite an inflammatory food and you know often people that go on these um atkins diets or really high protein diets they cause their liver a and their kidneys they make them work so hard so you know i think it's a bit of changing the balance there that would be helpful too i agree with you i tried that atkins diet when i was much younger and i just felt sluggish sweaty mm -hmm. just greasy all the time i don't know it, it didn't work for me so um, sally as we go to the last part of our show today you've accomplished so much you've been on magazine covers television shows and you're also an author how when you look at your life how has all of your celebrity impacted you 
or has it not impacted you in a way no, that you would have no, no, not in the least. I'm going, going, who are you talking about? <laughs> no, that would be funny. you, Sally James. <laughs> My stepdaughter asked me um, fairly recently, she said, you know, your cookbooks have won these international awards. She said, how do you how do you enjoy the celebrity of it? And I sort of did a second take. I thought, oh, well, it's not celebrity, you know. I'm, I it makes me happy that that I've accomplished something, that I have written something that someone has judged and found it, you know, to be a really good quality, and that hopefully it's impacted people that have read them because all my books are about health and about empowering people to create their own you know, little healthy kitchen. Um, but I, I don't see myself as a celebrity, really. I just, um, I just, I love what I do. And I love it when I, when I've been shown that I've done something well, like, you know, but the first time I won an international award for my cookbook, and I had to go to France to get the award. I, I, I was just dumbstruck. <laughs> it was just, such acknowledgement that all the work that I'd put in and my passion was worthwhile, you know, that keep going, keep, keep at it. And um, I know I, I, I could never be a celebrity. I, I want to mix with the people, you know, the people. I don't, I don't want to just, you know, be a star chef or something like that. It's boring. <laughs> it's like... well, is your picture on the cookbook? Because then that they'll recognize you sitting at the table drinking wine with them. You're like, aren't you Sally James? <laughs> You know, I, I got an Aren't You Sally James experience once and it was in Disney after one of my dims and it was in the bathroom. <laughs> and this woman said, Aren't you Sally James? And I said, um, yes. And she got she got down on her knees and she grabbed my hand and she said, I can't thank you enough. And she said, she, she said to me, you made mistakes and you made it seem like those mistakes were okay. They were just a new recipe about to happen. And she said, I never believed I could cook until I saw your demonstration. And she said, I went home and I had the courage to cook for myself. And I, she put me in tears. It was the most wonderful experience I could have had. To me, that made it all, all worthwhile even though I did make a mistake. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. It really oh, is. That is so sweet. Oh, my gosh. Really By the way, I, I'm trying. I'm, I have asked Sally to join our platform, and I know she's thinking about it, so I hope that you will. I would love to have you with us. Yeah, well, especially, I, especially I, love, I love telling other people's stories as well, and there's so many out there, particularly – you know, fishers. I love telling the story of the the villages where there are fishers that have been doing it all their lives and their kids are taking over and people that are farmers and, you know, all these untold stories that people don't know that gives them, you know, a, a bigger appreciation of the food. You know, growing your own garden does too, but also just hearing. That's, you know, something I'd really love to be able to do. Fantastic. Well, Sally, what's up for you next? What are some of your next projects that you're working on? Um, well, um, the first up is I'm actually going home to spend some time with my dad because he's in his 90s and he's getting on and I just am going to dedicate the next month or so to giving to pampering my dad as much as I can and, you know, I'll still keep writing and, um, you know, doing shows where I can but that's, that's a goal I think I, you know, I think sometimes we need to do something for someone else, you know, entirely selflessly and, and just, I mean, it's, it, 
well, it's going to be wonderful for me as well. But, um, you know, I think that's a big part of longevity too is um, giving and loving and accepting love and accepting giving. Um, they're part and parcel with what you eat, I think. So, yeah, that's, that's what my immediate new future goal is. But I've got, a, you know, I've got a few new clients and a few new um, things up my sleeve for the States. So that'll be to come. Outstanding. Well, Sally, if you would please give your contact information and who would you like to reach out to you? Golly, um, you know, any anyone that, you know, for example, if you're a food company and you want to, you know, you want help in making your products healthier or, you know, you want a, a spokesperson to tell your story, anyone that wants recipes created um, or, you know, photographs styled, all that kind of thing, um, or, you know, they're, they're the main areas that I'm, I'm working on right now. Um, and naturally, if there are any publishers out there that would like a, a cookbook, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to get another cookbook under my belt. So, yeah, they're the main areas right now. All right. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you were able to fit us into your schedule. I know how busy you are. And I oh, hope that's really appreciate. It's wonderful. And have a wonderful time with your dad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you. absolutely. We will. Thank Thanks. you, Sally, so much. I'd Thank love to hear. I would love to hear the stories about the fishermen and passing on those traditions. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. I bet there's there's some fabulous stories there. Yeah, there certainly are. There certainly are. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. I'll be in touch. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye for now. Bye bye now. Oh, she's just lovely, isn't she? Oh yeah, I could see that a whole nother cookbook of. Her being in a location, watching the fishermen bring in the fish, and then feature a recipe with the fish that they just caught. Yes, you know, just it's traveling, traveling the world. Just that would be so fabulous, cool. That's a fabulous life. Well, Sally, and the, <laughs> the the gentleman who introduced us, Simon McDonald, he's actually head of all of the fisheries in Scotland, and so that's I guess that's how they work together. So that's kind of cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is, that is very cool. And, you know, I'm, you know, it's, it's good to hear that she's even noticing a trend of people wanting to get back to eating, you know, from the garden. And I, I think, I don't know if it's a generational thing or if we're just to the point that we're sick and tired of being fed marketing rather than real food. Right. You know, once we got educated and start reading labels, you know, I know people that I'm talk to, talking to about reading labels are getting angry that those things are in their food. And I think that's where the swing back to growing your own or like you said, going to farmers markets, you know, and buying and eating real food again. Yes, I agree with you. And when I was still in Florida, I went to one of the chains that's the health food chain. I'm not going to say which one. And I was surprised at how much shelf space there was for genetically altered food. It's not a plant and it's not beef. It's a plant burger. It's I, uh, what's next? Go. Yeah. <laughs> Go. It's incredible there's, because there's more fake food and preservatives in meat substitutes than yeah, the chemicals and whatnot. Um, my husband's son is a vegan and he came and he visited with all of his fake 
meat. And I was like, did you read these labels to see what's in here? But it's not meat. I'm like, well, I get that, but it's not real food either. <laughs> there's Maybe there's another option. So, um, but Annie, as we close out the show, I'd love for you to share with our audience the work that you're doing outside this platform and how they can watch and engage with you. And I think, it, you know, segueing um, or dovetailing off of what Sally was talking about, that herself has sensitivities to garlic. Your body will send you messages. Your body will send you signals when you have just eaten something or drank something or were exposed to something that you weren't designed to eat. What I'm doing with genetic testing through 3X4 Genetics is really just taking the guesswork out of it anymore. You know, get your DNA done. We can look at what your body was designed to eat. And it, you know, going through these reports with people, it is so empowering. It's sort of like what Sally was talking about, is empowering people with the knowledge of what to eat and what's healthy for their bodies to eat. And that's why I'm really excited about doing this genetic analysis now. You know, as, like I said, when you were born, you should have came out of the hospital with your birth certificate and your genetics. So your parents would have known what to feed you as a child. They would have known what sports for you to pursue or not pursue, how much sleep you need. Your genetics answers all these questions. So if you have something that's going on with you physically that no one can put their finger on, your answer is in your genetics. All right. Uh, Annie, I think that it's always eye-opening and incredible educational experience and fun. It's entertaining to be with you as well. So I thank you for that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, who can we expect coming up in the next few weeks? Any guest names? Not off the top of my head, but I know we're booked like through July. Yeah, I saw that. And somebody else yeah. I think just booked recently. So yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, the woman that just booked recently is a financial advisor. Yes, because, I saw that. Yeah, because my whole and I've been looking for a financial advisor because we are not we are no longer working to 65 and then planning on living another 20 years. You know, we're working beyond 65 and planning on living to be 120. Well, what how do we finance that? You know, so it's a big question. It is a big question. So I was I have been looking for a financial advisor and I found her. So I was so excited when she booked. Yeah. You always bring the best, Danny. Thank you. You know, because, you know, I'm just personally curious. Yeah, no, you, it is. It's, it's an important question for all right. of us it's because we we started in our career working, expecting to retire at a certain age and have so much money. And now we've blown past that. So we've, we got to figure out how we're going to make the money last. And what do we need to do for more passive income? Right. And that's when we become entrepreneurs at 62 years old. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and my contact information, I forgot to get that, give that. Anybody wants to contact me um, regarding either the LifeWave, um, the stem cell patches, those X39 patches that will reverse your aging, you can contact me via email at yourtotalbody@yahoo.com, or you can go to my website, which is somewhat updated right now at yourtotalbody.co, not .com. It's yourtotalbody.co, and you can give me your information there, and I will get back to you on either the stem cell activation patches or getting your genetics done, your DNA done. All right. Thank you again, Annie. Another wonderful show, and I wish you a beautiful weekend. You too. Thank Bye -bye you. Now. Bye. Thank you, everyone, whether you're watching us on the live or the replay. 
whether you're listening on the radio, it doesn't matter. We're just happy that you're here. And if you would subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is USA Global TV, we would really appreciate it. All right, our next show is coming up. It's presenting Pet Psychic Amina. So you can stay where you are. I'll run over to the other studio and I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you again, Sally. Thank you, Annie. And thanks to each and every one of you. Thank you.